0: crippling the world today. Fear of getting sick with coronavirus, fear of the stock market not returning, and for many people, their retirement is tied to that. Fear of having your job lost and not getting it back. Fear of your business failing. Fear is a powerful, powerful enemy in our lives. We've got to learn how to deal with it. Today in Life 66, I want to show you how you can live fearless. This is Pastor Greg, and I'm glad you joined me today. Let's get into today's talk. What are you afraid of? I looked in online and saw just the dozens and dozens of things that people are afraid of, all the phobias. And there's some that we're very familiar with, arachnophobia, fear of spiders, acrophobia, fear of heights, claustrophobia, fear of tight places. There's some really strange ones. How about potophobia, fear of feet, or omphalophobia? fear of belly buttons. There's gynophobia, fear of girls. There's somnophobia, fear of sleep. There's pellidophobia, fear of baldness. There's arithmophobia, fear of numbers, telephonobia, fear of talking on the phone. There is hippopotamonstrosis equipteliophobia. Guess what that one is? Fear of long words. Yep, it's true. And there are dozens more. The fact is, is that there there can be something to be afraid of every minute of every day, every second of every day, if we allow ourselves to be afraid. What are you afraid of? If you're a young person, are you afraid of getting bad grades? Are you afraid of letting down your parents? Are you afraid of what your friends think of you? If you're an older adult, are you afraid of losing something valuable? Are you afraid of someone finding out a secret? Are you afraid of failure? Afraid of illness or injury or death, afraid of being alone? Are you afraid of the future or the unknown? Are you afraid of someone you love passing away? Are you afraid of not fitting in? Are you afraid of being rejected? What are we afraid of in the world today? You know, God says in his word, in in the Life 66, in those 66 books of the Bible, do you realize that God has said, fear not, 365 times, That's one fear not for every single day of the year. We need to take that to heart. God is continually saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And there's reasons why God says, don't be afraid. One of the big reasons that he says, don't be afraid is because when you're fearing, you're not trusting. And really, that's what today's podcast is all about. That I'm not gonna give you eight quick re- ways to stop being afraid or, or six secrets to living fearless. There's really one, and that's trust. Trust God. No matter what, trust God. I remember when my kids were little, I've got three kids, and they're all adults now, all married and, and living great lives. But when they were small, we'd go to the, to the local pool and we'd be playing, and, and they'd be on the side of the pool. And I'd be down in the water, and to them, that six-inch space between the edge of the pool and the water must have seemed to them like a mile. And I'd be down in the water, and I'd have my arms raised, and I'd say, come on, jump. And at first, they didn't want to jump because they were afraid. They they weren't sure what was going to happen. It was new to them. Uh, would they get hurt? Would I really catch them? And it bothered me that they wouldn't jump because in my heart, I was thinking, don't you know I'm never going to let you fall? Don't you know I'm always going to catch you? I'm not going to let you drown. I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. And if you don't jump, you're going to miss a lot of fun that we could have together. You're going to miss just an enjoyable experience. And you see, God wants us to trust him, both to show him that we trust him and that we know we're in his grip, but also that there's a life to be lived, a life that is full of joy, is full of adventure, is full of exploration and, and just exhilaration. Uh, trusting God is, a, is just such a miraculous lifestyle. When you walk with him and he knows what's around in every corner, but we don't. And when we trust him and we take those steps of faith, Miraculous things can happen, and he wants us to be able to live that kind of life. When we when we fear, we tell God, I don't trust you. I don't think you're big enough to handle this, or I don't think you're strong enough to handle this, or I don't think you're loving enough to be with me and to protect me. God, this problem is bigger than you. Now, to be fair, or not fair really, but I know some people think that well, I trusted God and it didn't work out the way I wanted. We well, see, that's really not trusting God. That's manipulating God. That's saying to God, God, you better do things the way I want you to do them. And if you don't, then I'm going to be mad or upset at you. You see, trust of God says, God, I'm trusting you with the results. No matter what it is, no matter how it turns out, I'm going to trust you with it. And ultimately, when this life is all done, we're going to be with him in heaven. And we'll realize then just how illogical and unreasonable and really kind of foolish our fears were. But God calls us children. He understands that we get afraid sometimes, just like I understood when the kids wouldn't jump into the pool. And I wasn't mad at them. I didn't get angry. I just wanted them to have fun. And you know, as soon as they jumped off, they had fun. And then it was again, daddy, again, daddy, again, daddy. They wouldn't stop and I had to make them stop because they'd wear me out. But as soon as they did it, they understood that there was joy. And the more they did it and the more they learned to trust me, the more they learned to really blossom into wonderful, wonderful adults. You see, fear will rob you of life. And God wants to give you life and life to the full. You know, this uh, whole principle uh, was taught to me a few years ago uh, in an experience that I had. That uh, I took a missions a, a team on a missions trip down to the DR Congo in in Central Africa, and after a great great missions trip, um, built a, we built the foundation for a Bible school and ministered in the local churches and just really had a fabulous time there. And uh, you know Africa just gets in your in your blood. Um, but on the way home, we we always take some time to. Uh, take some rest and relaxation. And so we went to Uganda, right next door to the DR Congo. And Uganda, There's a, it's really near the mouth of the Nile River, that great river that that runs from Central Africa all the way up to the northern part of the, of the continent and empties into the Mediterranean Sea. And there at this little um, resort-ish type place uh, at the Nile River, they had a 149-foot bungee jump set up there. And we all arrived and when we saw that a few of us were saying, oh, I want to do that. And others were saying, I'm not for the life of me going up there. Well, there's four of us that decided to do it. One guy did it the day before, and then three of us, my son, and then another partner and myself decided to to bungee jump. Now, 149 feet is like the equivalent of a, of a, I don't know, 17, 18 story building. It's just, it's really, really high. And it's one thing to see other people do it, and it's another thing to be up there. So anyway, the three of us make our way up the stairwell, and you got to walk stairs the whole way. And man, the higher you got, the more afraid we got, or at least the more afraid I got. And with each step is going, man, this is really, really, really high. And it's just on a steel crane type structure. So there's no building around you. There's no doors. There's no walls. There's just a little tiny... You know, fifteen by fifteen uh, roof at the very, very top, and uh, there's nothing else. So you are up there, and it looks like it's eternity down to the Nile River. Well, my son, he wanted to go first. He's just Mr. Bold, and uh, he gets strapped in, and he just he took off like a champ. It was amazing, you know, watching him do that. And I got to admit, I was scared. I thought, man, I do not. <laughs> now that I'm up here, I do not want to do this. I am scared, but since my son went first, there is no way in the world I'm walking down the walk of shame down those stairs after he already did it. So you know, what kind of dad would I be? What a loser! So I'm getting up there, and I'm going to do it. So what they do is they they wrap your your feet, you know, really tightly together, and then they wrap them with a towel with towels. It's this you know terry cloth type. Type fabric and they wrap your 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 feet really really tight, and then they wrap it again with this uh, uh, clasp type thing um, that's that's locked and it's it's very very secure and they wrap it between your feet and around so you really really can't get out of this thing so you know there's no chance of jumping off and s- slipping off and you plummeting you know in, down into the you know to your death and the bungee cord itself it's it's probably about four inches in diameter it's really thick. Uh, a really, really small, you know, rubber band type material, but all, you know, wrapped together. If you've ever been to the Golden Gate Bridge, you realize that there's strength in those small fibers uh, wrapped together. Uh, the, the cables actually that hold that gigantic, magnificent bridge are made of something similar. It's very, very small steel cables, but all wrapped up together, giving it extra strength. Well, that's what this bungee cable is like. So they wrapped it around my my ankles. They slapped the, the lock on there so I, I'm not getting out. And I and then they turned me around to face the little doorway. It's not a there's no door, it's just this opening. And they say, okay, hop over to the door. And I was scared to hop. You know, what if I fall and then tumble off this little platform? But I hopped and they kind of helped me to the edge. And they said, Okay, slide your feet over the edge. And I got my half of my feet like, three inches of my feet over that edge. And I'm holding onto the bars, one with my left hand, one with my right hand. And it was petrifying. I thought, there is no way. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do it. So I started telling myself, you're going to do it. It'll be over quick. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. But I i was just so scared. Now, what they say is they say, pick a point on the horizon. And I looked out over out of the horizon, and there was a little, you know, uh, like a restaurant and like a, you know, a, a, a thatched hut type restaurant. And they said, pick a spot like that restaurant and pretend you're going to do a swan dive and belly flop right on top of that. Then when you do that, the ride will be smooth. If you just kind of step off and fall, your feet will go first and then it'll jerk your body so that your head will you know jerk down when, it, when your feet um, get pulled by the rope, by the uh, bungee. So instead, if you jump out like a swan dive, it's very, very smooth. I've never done it before, so I don't believe a word they're telling me, but yeah, I actually did believe them. I, I just wasn't sure in my heart because I was so scared. So they said, okay, we're going to count to three: one, two, and I, my heart is pounding inside my chest, but I'm thinking of my son. What's he going to think if I don't jump? So I got to go. So on the count of three, I just jumped for all my might, spread my arms, and that's the last thing I remember. It's the last thing, until I was bouncing back up again, and I, you bounce and then you bounce and you bounce and you bounce until you finally come to rest at the very bottom, and the rowboat picks you up when you when the bungee has stopped springing, and when I got to the bottom, the two bo- guys in the boat said, "Oh, you missed it." And I went, "What do you mean I missed it?" And they said. You had a perfect swan dive and all you had to do was stretch out your hands above your head and you'd have been able to slap the water and then spring back up. It would have been the most perfect bungee ever. And I had to admit to them, I completely blacked out mid-flight. The last thing I remember was jumping off the platform and the first maybe millisecond of the flight, I was completely blacked out. Fear just overtook me. And I did not remember a thing until the recoil, that first bounce back. Now, that was a blast, just the bouncing and bouncing, and it was secure, and then finally coming to a stop. But that taught me something. It was crazy, and I loved it. But you know what? As soon as it was over, I wanted to do it again. I wanted to get back up there and do it again, but it cost like 80 bucks to do it, so I wasn't going to spend another 80 bucks. But I wanted to, and I wanted to experience it again, but this time without the fear but you know, it taught me something. Four principles this taught me. Fear exists only because of the unknown. I really, really had nothing to fear. But because I didn't know, then I was afraid of it. Once I did know, I wanted to do it over and over and over. I thought I would have had a really, really good time had I, had I, just trusted and not been so afraid. Fear, number two, it still exists even though others do it. That others doing it doesn't take it away. And I learned that you have to do it yourself. You have to experience life yourself. You can't live vicariously through other people. It's your experience and God wants you to trust him. You You can't trust God through somebody else. Oh, my mom and dad trust God. So, okay, I'll go along with that. No, you got to trust him for you or my, my friends or my coworkers or my pastor or people at my church. They trust him. and I'll just go along on their coattails. No, fear is going to still exist until you face it. A third principle is that fear takes away the joy of the ride. I was robbed. I spent 80 bucks for a blackout and I completely missed the ride. And to this day, I still haven't done it again. Not because I don't want to, but because I haven't had the chance. But I miss the ride. You know, that's the biggest one for me. I don't want to miss the ride of my life because I'm afraid. That doesn't mean you take stupid chances. It doesn't mean you, you know, risk your life. And many people would think the bungee jump was a life risk. It really wasn't. It was perfectly safe. But fear robs the joy of the ride. I don't want to be robbed of that. I want to learn to live fearless and not miss the ride because I'm afraid. And fear number four causes regret for missed opportunities. I could have walked back down the stairs and missed it completely. I wanted to. To be honest, if my son wasn't there and my other partner, I may have. I may have turned around and walked away. But then I would have missed a major opportunity, and I would have regretted that for the rest of my life. I don't want to live with regrets. Do you? And I'm thankful for that experience because it really did change my life, that I learned how to trust. Now, you know, life has got some bigger things than jumping off a 149-foot tower. Life has got some pretty serious things, but I've learned those principles, that I'm only afraid because I don't know, but I know the one who does know, he's God, and he's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. That I know that I've got to go through it. I can't, I can't ask somebody else to live my life for me. I can't live vicariously through somebody else. I've got to take the step. I don't want to miss the joy of the ride. I don't want to miss what God has for me and the adventures and the, the miracles and the, the wonderful relationships and all the great things that, that the abundant life uh, has in its, its promises for us. I don't want to miss that. And I know if I'm afraid, I'll miss the joy of the ride. And certainly, I don't want to live with regrets. That's a horrible word. That's a the ugliest six-letter word, word in our English language, regret. I should have, and I didn't. Why didn't I? Because I was afraid. You know, instead, fearless living is living joyful. You know, like the kids jumping off the pool or me jumping off the bungee uh, platform. You know, I want to do it again, and it'll be joyful this time. Now, someday I'll do it. But in normal life, I've learned to find the joy in everything because why not? Why not trust God? And when I trust him, that fills me with hope. When I have hope, I can live joyful. God's got me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to drop me. He's never going to let me drown. He's never going to to, uh, let his grip slip on my life. I want to enjoy the ride of life. And not let fear petrify me. I hope you want to enjoy that too. Because regret, that's a horrible thing. I don't want to be at the end of my life looking back and saying, wow, how many years did I waste? How many opportunities did I waste? How many times did I let fear keep me from living life to the full? I want to take every opportunity, not being foolish, always being wise, but making the most of every opportunity let me ask you this question. What would you do today if you weren't afraid? Would you live your life different? Would you make different decisions? Would you live with a little bit more boldness because you weren't afraid? You know, I think bold living in the arms of God, with him around you, with him with you, that's abundant life. And I want to live that way. I hope you do too. Ask yourself that question all day today, maybe all week. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Trust God. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And He has got an abundant life waiting for you if we'll just not be afraid. God bless you today. I'm glad you tuned in. This is Pastor Greg of Life 66. I'll talk to you next time.